Hey y'all, welcome to the Marty Smith America podcast. This is volume 73 and we're just going to turn it into Marty and McGee. I drug McGee out of bed this morning. He's a little bit foggy and a little bit groggy. Huh. It's Wednesday. We're still kind of recovering from the previous weekend and gearing up for the next weekend. And we're somewhere in that tweener phase that is very, very foggy. So thank you, son. You're straight out of carpool line, right? I am. You know, and it suddenly dawns on me, all that you just said is so true about in between and foggy and all that on Wednesday. And uh, it also happens to be when we do our TV show. Well, that should be, uh, that's Apro Pro, isn't it? Apro Pro, indeed. That's Apro Pro. Uh, it's, so we were in Auburn, Alabama on Saturday, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday for SEC Nation. And we had an absolute blast. I mean, it was a really good time to be down there on the plains and fellowship together and cut up and laugh. But it was kind of steamy. Oh, and yeah. I mean, it was so steamy that I sweat all the way through my suit. A lot of y'all might have seen that on the, on the social no, media. No, 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 no. That's and not... my own wife told me it was the most disgusting thing she's ever seen. That's not sweating, Marty. That was like, it looked like you got out of the pool. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty bad, man. I can't describe to you because, like, and McGee can, can articulate this well, too, because he's been up on that set and was on Saturday with Feinbaum. And what what it is, so you're in this, it's an open-air set, but it's also confined because there's, like, 10, 15 dudes standing up there. Yeah, There's this kind of a screen thing going on around and behind us, and there are blazing lights in front of us. Not to mention the fact that it's, it is in the 90s and it's 100% humidity because why? Because Alabama. Yeah. And it's hot and we have on full suits. Yeah, literally and, like a river, like a creek right behind the set. Like there's water everywhere. And I remember I got, I left the hotel room and you'd already been up a couple hours. You, you never went to sleep. You, you'd already been out of the hotel for a while, but I, I was walking up. I walked out of my room. I keep my hotel room at roughly about 45 degrees during the night. And I walked out of my hotel room and in the hallway at the hotel at seven o'clock in the morning, I was like, Oh no. Like it yeah, was, ar- it was so hot. And I was like, man. And then, and, and the actual main set is warm, but it has like blowers and stuff. Like it, there's at least an attempt to keep it cool. Then you walk next door. And you stand on that artificial turf demonstration field where I think you did about half the show. Mm-hmm. And I did a couple of hits from that. And that is like standing in the center of a walk. That is so freaking hot. <laughs> and and it, it's just, and, and I, I was only up there for, I was, I'd run up there and do a segment and then I'd run off and go into the bus. And you guys would go from the set you're talking about, the main set in kind of the confined space over to the walk. And then you go back and forth and it just, I was, and then you stood out there like the last half hour of the show, you stood out on the demonstration field to end the show. And I was just like, dude, it was, uh, I remember so at Charlotte, it was the first SEC nation of 2018 and West Virginia and Tennessee were playing in Charlotte and they were, we had the set right there in the, in the city park, right next to the Charlotte Knights, the, the, uh, the ballpark. And right in the middle of trying to make a point about like West Virginia's offense, Marcus Spears just shouted on live television, the earth is hot. And he had sweated completely <laughs> through his suit. So it's, 
it gets a little warm. But uh, but you know what? All those years that you went to the Kentucky Speedway in July, yeah, man, and Daytona in July, wearing a suit, uh, that was just training for this. You would think, and you and I have been at some racetracks that were so unbearably hot. Like I remember being at Fontana, California, one time, and I am not kidding you. Like my shoes melted into the pavement. Yeah, like oh. the gumminess of the shoe right got gummier. Right. Because the pavement was so hot in August in Southern California. But this was no joke. And, uh, I sweat completely through my whole outfit and I didn't stop sweating until I got home and jumped in the lake. Yep. And so there's an addendum here that needs to be discussed and that is the exit strategy. So I realize uh, early in the week last week that there was a 12.50 p.m. flight from Montgomery, Alabama to Charlotte, North Carolina direct. I had already booked my flight to Birmingham. So I'm looking at this thing going, man, I'm changing this flight. Well, then I look at the flight. It's in egregiously priced, like such unbelievable price gouging because there was only one seat left. So I'm like, all right, I'll just suck it up. No problem. I'll get home at 7 p.m. and we'll go from there. Well, McGee texts me and he's like, Hey, what flight you on? I'm, I'm coming and I'm on a flight from Montgomery. I'm like, what? You paid all that money? He's like, dude, it was like 300 bucks. I was like, BS. I just saw it. It was 1500 bucks and I don't know how he pulled it off. So the next day I land in Birmingham. I'm on this two and a half hour trek to the plains and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to look. I'm going to look at the American Airlines app and see what that thing costs. See if it's available. Boom. It was like 400 and something dollars. I immediately changed my flight. So he and I are going full Bow and Luke Duke out of this set. I mean, I'm not kidding y'all. Show ends 11 a.m. sharp central time. And at 11.01, he and I were on a golf cart being whisked over to his rental car in the middle of some field on campus. And then he goes full cold trickle. We are hauling ass down I-65. Was it 65? Uh, it was 65 to 85. We're, uh, our, our familiar old friend, I-85 South. <laughs> well, that's, if that's not the, if that's not the, uh, devil's blood vessel, it's a devil's capillary. <laughs> anyway. It's, yeah. At some point it crosses over I-95, which is the main, uh, aorta of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we are digging. All right. Yeah, we are I digging mean, we down the about. highway, 85, 87 yep. mile an hour. Yep. And like, all of a sudden, McGee looks over at me. He goes, "Hey, man, you all right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm cool." Why? He goes, "Man, you got quiet." He was, I was like, not man, all right. I really got to pee. Like, I really got to pee. Like, super bad. And so I'm in that mental space where you're like, "All right, man, just focus on, just focus on holding it," because we got to make this plane. Like, I mean, we are cutting this thing pretty tight. You got it. Just keep on going. Yeah. How long did I make it after that conversation? Uh, it, maybe three exits. <laughs> I was like, my boy is turning green. It's time to, uh, it's time to find somewhere to go. I wasn't going to be that guy. And we and, go, we, we blaze right by like a loves or a pilot oh yeah. flying oh yeah. J or, you know, oh yeah. one of those easy access. Absolutely. And I want to just hand the floor to you from there. It was, I don't even understand. I mean, I don't want to offend any, any, uh, state engineers in the state of Alabama, but I, I don't know what, I don't know what that exit was. Right before we got to Montgomery, 
All I know is it's the one, all the billboards for 20 miles were like, exit this, exit the, the same exit. And so I'm like, all right, perfect. We get off on this exit, and there's nothing there. And then the one gas station that was there, we had to do a U-turn to get to, and it was the only gas station in the world that doesn't have a bathroom. And then I'm like, well, you know what? Actually, I think it might have like a Porta John out back. We're just going to have to make do. But there was no – then I overshot my pits, and we missed that gas station. So then we drive underneath the over, overpass where all the actual stuff is. And I, I don't – it was this weird like road cone, concrete slab obstacle course. It was like the Roval. It was our version of the Roval. And then we had – and then there was an actual U-turn lane. So we get in the U-turn lane after after we went in and used, used the bathroom. We get in the U-turn lane to get back to the interstate, and everyone was so angry at me for making a U-turn in the U-turn lane, and I swerved to get out of the way of this old man who's flipping us off and almost crashed into a flatbed full of church pews. I mean, dude, I, I can't make it up. And so you and I were, 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 were just dog cussing this guy who's flipping us off as we drive past a, a flatbed full of church pews. And the whole time I'm looking at, the, I'm looking at the ETA on, on the it's GPS. It's just skyrocketing. Thinking, thinking, man, we got, the good news is, is that the Montgomery Regional Airport, which was great, but that it's airport, very regional. that airport is, is smaller than every Walmart you've ever been in. And there were four gates. And that worked to our advantage because we parked and hoofed it up the stairs and my uh, flip-flops were trying to fall apart and we got on the, we, we got there with five minutes to spare. I, it was a, but you got to go to the bathroom, so that's good. I got to paint this picture for y'all, this dude with his church pews. So <laughs> I mean, it was the weirdest layout, like yeah. the, the, the way that the exit was engineered. Yeah. Somebody was, was feeling it. Somebody's like, man, I'm about to engineer the hell out of this thing. I am about to create a masterpiece that's going to be a template for the rest of the world oh, yeah. on how oh, yeah. they'll be, they'll to be manipulate an exit. Oh, yeah. McGee flips this U, and we about door bar, as he said, this dude with these, with these church pews. So I'm cussing. He's cussing. I'm flying some dude to Bird, not the church pew guy. This was another guy who looked right at me. He looked like Wilford Brimley. He was pissed off and looked right at me and flipped me off. Well, I ain't taking that crap. So I look, I flip him off right back. Might have said a couple choice words. And then I look up and I just start laughing. And McGee's like, what? I'm like, bro, look, this is a, this is a full blown farm trailer full of 25 yeah. church pews in with the cushions. Including yeah. these lime green cushion or like emerald green cushions. And I just couldn't stop giggling. It was the most Marty and McGee thing of all time. It, it was, um, and, and, and I, I, it's hard to describe the layout, uh, the way, it, it, the, the, let's, let's just say that old boy had put his faith in Jesus and a couple of ratchet straps <laughs> that those pews were not going to end up all over I 85. I mean, it was, it was something. Then we get to the airport and we get on a plane and we wait. Yeah. And wait. Yeah. And wait. <laughs> and I get up and pee again. Yeah. And wait. I mean, I couldn't even believe it, man. Finally get to Charlotte, landed somewhere near Fort Mill, I think. Uh, 
that was that was unique too. We we landed as far away from any gate as you possibly can at the Charlotte Airport. And I'm pretty sure after we landed, we drove five miles in that airplane. <laughs> and then, and the plane we were in was that that plane was so small you didn't get in that plane. You put it on like that. It was plane, like a it was like a pencil. Yeah, it was like a canoe with a motor on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so, because we were and we and we were uh, so we were the small kid at the at the dinner table, right? So we had to sit there while all the big planes rolled past us. To get onto the tarmac. Anyway, the good news is we made it home. So, like, you're made the, it home. You're the all king good. of exit strategies, though, McGee, it seems like. Oh, you, hey, so we were st- – Marty's about to go live for the last segment of SEC Nation, and I'm standing right off of that demo set we're talking about. And and he's – I mean, this show is a nightmare for a host, and he's trying to keep track of all this stuff. And right in the middle of all of it, he looks down at me, and I look at him – and all I did was I made this motion and pointed like, dude, as soon as this is over with, we're gone. And he proceeds to walk over to the edge of the stage and start to explain to me what his exit strategy is. And all of a sudden they're yelling, 10, 9, like we got to yeah. go live. And I was like, but, but we learned that from race car drivers, Travis. At Talladega, there's a private airport literally right off the backstretch. And I, I, I remember clear as a bell, Rusty Wallace – like suffered like this heartbreaking loss. You know, he never won a Talladega, and he finished like second again. And we were scanning his radio, and during, I mean, it wasn't ten seconds after the checkered flag, he's on the radio talking to uh, TR, his PR guy. What? Uh, where's the golf cart? And all right, here's what we're going to do. Schrader's coming with us. Is the is the is the plane already in line to go? Like that's what we learn from those guys. So yeah, our exit strategy is uh, leaving is the most important part of being there. I walk over to the side of the of the demo field, and I'm like, he because he is he is he's like pointing to where we're going. It's like a no huddle off. In as soon as I say enjoy Kentucky, South Carolina, guys, <laughs> and so I am like. I don't know where my bags are, man. I already take care of. I, I think I think they might be in the bus, but I left them in the SUV this morning, so I'm not sure exactly where they are. So maybe go find out where my bags are so that we can grab them as quick as possible and transfer them. Welcome back to SEC Nation. We all love the tradition here at Auburn. <laughs> I mean, like straight into the show, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. It's crazy, dude. It's time for Freak of the Week brought to you by Regions Bank where the greatness (laughs) is in the grind. And the Freak of the Week. like we are going full bore straight off of where's my duffel bag I was trying to let you know. All right, listen, man. I've already talked to Aaron, a production uh, production (laughs) coordinator. I got your bag off of the the Atlanta bus or off the Atlanta van. It's already in my rental car. We got a golf cart waiting. Let's roll. And you and I'm in my suit, and you're in your suit. And by the, it wasn't four minutes. By the time you got on the bus, I was already stripped down. I had, I had a t-shirt and shorts on, and my new cheap flip flops, and it was time to roll. <laughs> Those flip flops, man! <laughs> oh, the flip flops. We got so in a minute. We're gonna uh, have a conversation. Uh, there was a there was a an auction item on the Jimmy V Foundation auction for the SB's deal. And that item was come to the Charlotte race and hang out with Marty and McGee, have a couple pops, and watch a race. That was it. 
And then Charlotte Motor Speedway threw in the opportunity to have a champagne toast with the winning driver. And we thought that was real cool of, of those folks, Marcus Smith and Scott Cooper and everybody involved over there at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Well, that was really kind of them. Well, uh, we're going to discuss with the auction, what do you call him, a winner? Highest bidder? What do you call Colton? Yeah, I, Travis? Keep, call, I kept calling it a winner, but I think it's, I think it's. I call Colton my alcohol provider. Oh, well, yeah, man. Y'all got down and we'll get into t- that in just a minute. By the time I got there, but, I was like, oh man, they're already, they're super, super like sunburned and, uh, and, and served. Yeah. And just, we're going to get to that starts in a minute. Grinning. Travis gets a grin. And I oh, saw yeah. the I, I came down the stairs and I saw the Travis grin and I thought, oh man, not it. Not only does he get a grin, that perfectly manicured head of hair of his just looks like a bee's nest. <laughs> We're gonna get into that in just a second, but before we do that, I gotta talk about one more thing that happened on SEC Nation. This was one of my favorite moments that I've ever had professionally. Nick Starkle, the I guess backup quarterback now at Arkansas. Yeah. So Starkle had a really rough weekend two games ago where he threw five interceptions. That was the first time since 2011 that an SEC quarterback had done that. Had a really tough outing. Well, Starkle's deal for some time now had been to wear a Justin Bieber cutoff tee underneath his shoulder pads. And and he's a big Biebs guy, big old Biebs. Be Bieber. What do you call a Bieber fan? A, a, be- a believer. A believer. A believer. Yeah, I should ask. A believer. He, he okay. Burr. Believer. Okay, a believer. So he's big on the Biebs, and so he like he felt like it had become a distraction. And so after he had that five interception outing, he ripped that shirt right down the middle. He's like, "The hell with this shirt, man. No more distractions. It's all ball." And so Bieber sees this on the social media and writes back. I'm really disappointed, Nick. Something like that. And so we were having fun with it on the set on SEC Nation. Just kind of talking about the Beebs and, and what happened next is as good and authentic and hilarious for me as television gets. Do you ever have a Beebs haircut, Tebow? <laughs> I don't, you do. You do. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? No, dude. That the is Beebs haircut for, goes that, over here no, somewhere. No, that's Beebs for days. You know he's going to change it every two weeks. That's hardcore. My haircut's like, uh. You use more product than him, though. Oh, hey, when you I use more, more product than anybody. When you and Tim go get your hair done, how, what y'all tell him? Like, to the left or the right? No, I, I tell him go, I tell him go number two all the way up to a fade and just give me a faux hog, man. It's a faux hog, bro. I'm number two. Hey, yeah, Paul, yeah. Paul, what do you tell him? I mean, I'm just <laughs> Uh, hey, 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 just a little off the side. Lead just a little bit off the side. Lead yeah. I always tell him, I said, leave a little bit on the top. <laughs> oh, I love you, Paul Fineball. McGee and I have had some absolute gut-busting moments on television, and we love it. One of the greatest things about Marty and McGee, for him and me, First of all, it's the most fun we have. But it's the the fact that we can authentically display our friendship and our stupid senses of humor that, for whatever reason, mess so well on TV or radio yeah. or, in this case, a podcast. And though, like, there's just something that, that that's almost one of those you can't manufacture it, it can't be taught kind of things. It's just organic. And what happened right there with that haircut deal? 
leave a little. I just, I don't know why I randomly said, just take a little off the sides. And Spears, Spears response to that, laughing, leave the sides. I thought he was going to fall off the set. I thought Tim was going to need oxygen. I thought I was going to fall off the side of the set. I couldn't compose myself. I had to cover my face with a card. Hilarious. Just that's as funny as it gets, man. Well, and it was cool too because, uh, I was on the bus in the air conditioning and was watching the show <laughs> with, with the crew and, and the crew reacted the exact same way. And it was cool too because, um, you've been out there all season and, um, and when that happened, I literally said out loud, I was like, I was like, that's my dude right there. Like it just felt like Marty and McGee. And that's why, uh, that's why I think it, that's why I think it felt so good. And it was just, it was awesome. Yeah, it finally started to click just a little bit for me. Um, I'm still chasing it, but we kind of, you know, you kind of look at it like, hey, man, this is a this this is a freshman quarterback. We've given him this playbook that is five inches thick. Let's give him one that's an inch thick. Let's give him 20, 25 good plays and let him take some shots within those 25. I told Bo Nix on the bus on Friday, he was up there talking to Tim in the bus, and what an amazing young man that guy is. I said, Bo, I'm the Bo Nix of SEC Nation. <laughs> They're throwing it all at me, and I'm uh, I'm trying to manage an offense. But just a really fun weekend, and Travis is going to dial up Colton in just a minute to, to relive it all. But before we do that, I want to remind you guys about ZipRecruiter. Man, hiring can be a slow process. Ask Cafe Altura's COO, Dylan Miskowitz. Man, he needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. He was really struggling to find qualified applicants, so he tried ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job, so you get qualified candidates immediately. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was so impressed with how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a matter of days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash M-A-R-T-Y. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. All right, Travis, let's go ahead and get Colton on the phone. I wonder if he sobered up any yet because my man was tuned. My man was tuned in, boy. Tuned in and tuned up. So it was quite a Sunday for McGee and me. Uh, and Travis and Colton and Emily and everybody. And we're out there at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, Roval 400. And man, we, we had, we had a great time. And so McGee, I want you to try to paint a picture for everybody about what it was like in that suite and and what Colton's blood alcohol content might have been. So, all right, so I got I got there, I got there shortly before the end of the second segment, which I think you you did too. We both got there about the same time. I actually had to go work for a minute at the press box, so I was not. That's unfortunate. McGee, I was not, McGee got I, his book bag. I, I did. I had my backpack. Everybody made fun of me. I have a job, and I'm I'm the entire motorsports department for ESPN.com. 
So I did look like Dora the Explorer rolling yeah. up in there. Backpack, <laughs> backpack. I also, was on one that had like my a uh, hard car, but then so I show up and um, everybody is already pretty well lubricated by the time I get there. And um, and all I know is is that I, I, I introduced myself to Colton and Emily, and I realized real quick that they are Chase Elliott fans because. Uh, he was up on the wheel, and so were they. And I realized real quick there wasn't, wasn't a lot of time for small talk because uh, everybody was everybody was in that nine car uh, trying to recover from that crash. Just so you guys know, I mean, Colton and Emily they donated so much money, thousands of dollars, to the Jimmy V Foundation as part of our ESPYS auction, and they did that for a couple of reasons. McGee and I were really, really excited because we really thought that they wanted to hang out with us, but hell no. They just wanted to come to the race, see the pits, hang out, and watch their guy Chase Elliott run a NASCAR race. Colton, what was that experience like for you guys? Thank you for your generosity again, brother. Of course, man. We were we were glad to do it, and, and you're wrong, man. We were really excited about hanging out with y'all. I mean, when we saw your, when we saw the two names on the package, man, that was a big, big motivator for us to come out. But, uh, yeah, Emily and I have been to a lot of races over the years. Um, and we typically slum it, man. We, we rent a camper and get a campsite and, and we do the, we do the whole redneck Talladega nights deal. But, uh, this experience was, was really different. We got access to more than I possibly could have imagined, which was, which was amazing. And, and Travis really set it up well for us on Sunday. But, uh, to come and, and enjoy the race is one thing. To come and see your driver not only win, but come back from such an incredible deficit to pull off such a win was just, it was really special, man. That's a day we'll never forget. Well, that's a whole lot of big words. I mean, you, you can, uh, you might be able to take our job, man. That was a pretty good job <laughs> using the incredible deficit terminology. Uh, what, what was the best part? Which part was the coolest for you guys? Man, it's it's really hard to pick. We had such a fun day. I mean, everything from. I mean, you met uh, your favorite driver, bro. Oh yeah, I, I mean, holy crap! Um, <laughs> yeah, that that's. I mean, it, it was literally it was one of those take your breath away moments. But uh, that's that's up there, man. Especially, I mean, you go back and look at that video you guys took of of me and Emily get, getting to meet Chase. I don't think I've ever seen the look on my fiance's face like that i mean yeah. even when i proposed to her it wasn't that good you're like wait a minute now <laughs> yeah. hang on now well that was the best part was she's standing and she was i just if there's any way i could like get a photo or something with them i'm like you're standing next to the two guys that know chase <laughs> and, and well, only known him since he was born yeah right uh, exactly yeah, well, he, and, and well and to that point I, and, and i said this to you colton when we were up at the speedway club and and so folks i don't know they the, the winner of the race is charlotte all the race is charlotte comes up to the Speedway Club, which is swanky, and does a champagne toast for all the high rollers that are up there, and, and even those of us that managed to sneak in the door. And well, I said to Colton, I said, "This kid, talking about Chase Elliott, has every excuse in the world to be a jerk, and is not. I mean, he grew up on private airplanes and going to Vail, and you know, prince of his hometown, and uh, always in good equipment, and he." That kid is Marty. He, he's the same now as he was when he was 14 years old, isn't he? To that point, you know, Emily and I were super starstruck at the moment, and I don't know who said it, but somebody, somebody way back when said, "Don't don't meet your heroes." You know, screw that, man. Chase was a great dude. Same for you guys. I mean, you know, 
we were we we didn't know what to expect. We never met y'all before, but um, I mean, you want to talk about just a great group of people in in, in you guys and and Travis uh, and 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 Chase as well. You, you're you're exactly right. He could he could totally be a jerk, and he he's not like that at all. And and that was the icing on the cake for us, man. It was cool that he took a few minutes to hang out with us as we were having that champagne toast and. Chase came down and said hello to us and, and met Colton and Emily. I took liberties as a as an inquisitive type and said, what exactly was going through your mind as you're sliding toward that turn one wall? And he said, you damn idiot. <laughs> like, what a dumbass. Like, he was like, how stupid can you be? And then he explained to us how it happened and why it happened, et cetera. But – that's one thing I've been so impressed with him uh, about him as he's matured into the Cup Series and whatnot. He absolutely says exactly what he means every time. He's not one of these dudes that really plays the hedge card when it comes to the media. And as McGee will attest, he and I covered NASCAR for 20-plus years now. That's pretty rare anymore yeah. with the way that these guys have to operate with their sponsors and whatnot. I wrote a story years ago. It was Denny Hamlin when it was his rookie year, and he had made the playoff or chase or whatever we were calling it then. And I hung out with him for like three days. And he and I had a conversation about it. He had just literally that week, he bought a $3 million house, and he bought a new jet. I think it was the second one. And he was texting with Michael Jordan. And Man, that sounds a lot like my week. Right, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> But but he and I had the conversation about everybody gets to that crossroads when you start having some success, and you can either uh, go be a jerk or you can stay the same person that you were when you got there. And um, and most drivers, uh, they go down – most athletes there are movie stars, whatever, they all go down the road of kind of losing touch with themselves. A lot of them come back. But uh, I, so I always kind of sit there and watch these young guys when they get to that point. I'm like, what are they going to be like? And, and Chase – has like I say, he's been the same since the first time I met him. And uh, and Colton, I think you saw that when he just walked up, and was like, "What's up, y'all?" And had just won the race. When we were sitting in the suite, Ryan, you 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 used the word whitewash to 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 talk to describe some of the drivers that you and I were talking about. Uh, it's really cool to see these young guys, these young drivers, um, either not get there or avoid getting the whole whitewash deal because you know the sport really needs those big personalities and they need. They need good-hearted drivers for these young kids to latch on to as fans. Um, and Chase is definitely that dude. How did Emily respond as y'all left the racetrack? You're finally out of the madness. You've left real-life Marty and McGee. I mean, y'all need to understand something. Emily and Colton now realize that we actually operate exactly the way we are on that show. <laughs> That's just our lives, only with four-letter words involved. That's how that's, did she? Well, when you're out of that entire equation, and you're driving to the hotel or wherever you're going, how long did it take her to for it all to set in? What what day is today? Wednesday. It, it, it's she's still, still working on it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, still work, still working on it. I mean, we we uh we're, we were still unpacking last night. You know, we're unloading duffel bags and. Um, I was putting the, the books that y'all gave us in my office and we, you know, we were just sitting down talking about, uh, 
the experience and and you know it, it was it was a cloud nine feeling all weekend and then y'all showed up and took it to a next level i mean i don't i don't think we'll, we'll ever quite come down off what we got to experience man it was it was just really really cool and we had a riot man it was a blast well one last thing that everybody needs to understand is after the champagne toast was over after colton and emily meet chase they've hung out with mcgee for a whole half of a, a nascar race travis has shown them around they've walked 14 and a half miles around the charlotte motor speedway in 113 degree heat don't talk about the walking it's, please yeah yeah speaking of still trying to recover um travis has a golf cart complex i guarantee it no question why don't you well actually i want i'll get to, i'll finish my statement in a minute I need for Travis, I need for you to walk us through what it was like trying to get from the backstretch to the suite. Yeah, he texted me. He's like, man, this is a lot of walking. I'm like, dude, this this ain't a football stadium. So You can put nine football stadiums in this joint. We had gotten lucky pretty much all morning, and every time we walk out, a golf cart was there for us. And so we went down before the race, and so we stayed there for a pit, watched that. All right, let's go back up to the Speedway Club. And we cannot, for the life of us, get a golf cart to come by empty or stop. Some of them were just flying by. Some were like, nope, not going that direction. Sorry. Uh, I won't throw out sponsors' names. Um, so Colt and Emily are like, <laughs> what do you want to do? And this whole weekend, I'm like, what do you guys want to do? I'm, I'm, this isn't about me. I don't make any decisions. Whatever you guys want to do. And finally, Colton's like, let's walk it. I'm like, all right, we're walking. It was far. <laughs> Yeah. Man, uh, that, and that, <laughs> those golf carts were empty that were just leaving us there. Yeah, How many little, times did you tell a golf cart. cart it was number one? <laughs> <laughs> and then McGee at that point texts me and goes, are they having fun? I go, currently, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like you need you need like a congressional edict in order to get a golf cart sometimes. But then, uh, and and that got, goes for us too. Trust me. So, all right, back to my story, and then we'll let Colton go because he's a real big wheel and and has to go build some sky rises or something. Uh, That's right. Ruin my campus is what he's doing. (laughs) This dude. All right, so we get done with the champagne toast, and we're going back, and we've closed out our bill. And we realize, I think McGee was the first one. I can't remember. We realize that all of our champagne glasses are still on this table. Right. And so – we finish our drinks and, and everybody's handing their champagne glasses to Colton to take home. So Colton and Emily have like 10, <laughs> 10 winter champagne toast, Rover 400, Charlotte Motor Speedway champagne glasses in their arsenal now. And we have requested one thing during their upcoming April wedding. That their first cheers together as husband and wife occur in a Charlotte Motor Speedway Roval 400 champagne glass. Yep. It's going to happen, man. We've we've already decided we're going to have one for her and one for me right there on the bridal party's table. And we'll be toasting to the Roval 400 glasses. I'm thinking about just showing up at the wedding. Hey, look, man. What if we crash your wedding, dude? It's going to be a good time. It's in Nashville, boys. It's in Nashville? Yes, it is. It's actually uh, in Murfreesboro. All right. We're going to do it. We're going to show up out there in April. Murfreesboro. When is it? Hey, y'all. We're Marty and McGee. 
and we understand that we have a yeah. Just an open invitation to come in here. Hey, we gave him them glasses. We gave him them champagne glasses. Speaking of the wedding, though, don't forget where his bachelor party is going to be. Oh, where is yeah, it Vegas? Point, Travis. No, where? it's at Daytona. Oh, oh that's, that's right. right. Is it, oh, is it yeah, at the yeah, Daytona yeah. 500? Yeah. It sure is, man. Two camping sites in the infield. There's going to be 15 of us. Y'all, y'all come hang out. Yeah. Dude, well, I, I, was, I, I told sure. Colton. A guy named John Hayes used to produce the Paul Feinbaum show. He was at a bachelor party in the infield at Daytona. He told me last year, he goes, I'll text you. We'll get together. I go, no, we won't. He goes, oh, no, we'll be good. And I didn't hear from him for like three days. So once you go into the infield, it's like a, you know, it's a vortex. You disappear. But we'll find you. Should I call Sheriff Chitwood and get them like a police escort? (laughs) Yeah, give them a heads up. Yeah, please do. Please do. We'll we'll meet all the help we can get down there. I guarantee you. He might just throw you all in the car and drive you around to because florida that he does every single day anyway we appreciate your generosity the jimmy v foundation everybody involved appreciate you and emily being there and doing that for us and uh, spending some time with us we had a blast too and uh next year you're on the hook for more like i told you guys at dinner both of my parents are cancer survivors so organizations like the v foundation uh they mean a whole lot to me which is one of the reasons we wanted to bid on this thing but uh we are definitely throwing our hat in the ring for next year. We'll be looking for it again, and um, let's make it double, man. Let's 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 go for all of it. I love it, man. That a boy. That's awesome. Checks in the mail. Appreciate you, son. Have a great day. Thank you, and uh, say hi to Emily for us. I will, man. I appreciate you guys having me on today. That was such a good time. Uh, I, again, McGee and I, and and, and everybody involved with ESPN and ESPN Philanthropy and the Jimmy V Foundation, to hear him offer that endorsement for the Jimmy V Foundation, which it was such a moment for us, really. We're sitting there, and all of us are having a good time. We're having a couple pops. And he goes, hey, guys, I just want to take a moment to share something with you. And he shared exactly what he just said there about his parents. And I can relate to that, and McGee can relate to that. And it's... uh. It meant so much to me that he he felt led to say that to us, man. Yeah, there just was a um, – and, Travis, I, I think we all had this conversation like, man, I wonder who these people are going to be because you just don't know. And we would have been 100% thankful uh, for anyone to have donated that money and, and to have wanted to have that experience with us. But it was pretty awesome that they were so cool. And – and it wasn't just party time. It was also he. It really meant a lot to me that he took that moment. He goes, "Guys, we're having a great time. If you'll give me a minute, I got something I need to say." It was and just he, cool because it was, it was authentic awesome. and it was awesome and just passionate and and honest and vulnerable. It was really cool of him to do that. And we're thrilled for those two. They're awesome people and an awesome couple. And we are going to maybe just – maybe we'll do Marty and McGee remote and just blow right up into their wedding in April. Yeah, why not? I, I, why not? I, I, it, it will why all not? be worth it just to see the pictures of them doing that toast with those glasses that we stole. We'll have to post those on the tweeter machine. Uh, that was brought to you by ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. McGee, thanks so much for hanging out, brother. We got to do this more often. I have so much fun just doing Marty and McGee. And actually – so – I got to get to the gym to try to run off some of them beers we drank the other day. <laughs> and I know you got stuff to do today, 
but we both in just a matter of a couple hours have to go to the studio yeah for the marty mcgee television program yeah then the good the good news is is that uh used to be when we do these shows that meant i'd have to go iron a suit and now this just means I got to put a t-shirt in the dryer and make sure it doesn't have wrinkles in it. What what Marvel you know what, com- what Marvel uh, comic are you going to wear today? That's a good question. I, well, this year I've had a lot of uh, minor league baseball shirts. This year I'm, I don't know. I, the, I would love to tell y'all that uh, I don't have any that I haven't worn on the show. That'd be a lie because they're getting mailed to the house all the time. My wife's mad. I have to say one more thing. So every single week on SEC Nation. McGee does like writes an essay. He writes these awesome essays that are both historically educational and and there's a major element of smart ass in every one of them. And it's really kind of what the SEC fan is thinking in a lot of cases, but but they're just really well done. And on top of that, uh the the graphic staff or or whomever that is, the the staff at, at SEC Network, they created a McGee cartoon. And I knew at the end of this week's essay, I would have bet every damn acre of land I own that he would have busted out a Star Wars Death Star reference because it was about Alabama, about this concept that because Alabama is so consistently dominant – and always relevant that we've kind of forgotten about them in the national narrative. And so McGee does this hilarious essay about that kind of philosophy. And I knew that there was going to be a damn Death Star reference at the end of it. I almost called it out loud over top of his, is oration a word? Uh, sure. All right, now. we're going to make it one. His oration, narration of his essay. And sure as the day is long, there is the Death Star and whom McGee with a, a lightsaber at the end of that essay. And see, what's awesome is, is that I don't see those pieces until they air. Like I, they, they, they will purposely, like I'll even email, Hey man, am I, whoever's producing it that week, I'll be like, do we need, you need help or do I need to look at anything? Now we're good. And they purposely, especially if they're making me look like goofy or whatever they don't want me to see it until it airs and what's a trip dude and you know this is watching the piece for the first time like with a live audience yeah man because they're like we never see that we do stuff for television all the time and nobody when you're doing it out in the field like that um you know i've never asked i need to ask Renaldi about that his his pieces couldn't be any more different than mine but what's it like when there's ten thousand people out there and they're all crying watching your no doubt but yeah uh yeah there i was and now that's my um now that's my profile picture on twitter is me as well it should be they're just so good yeah they're just so good if you guys haven't seen them go to mcgee's uh uh, twitter machine at espn mcgee and check them out because they're funny and and again you always have this way of dropping some a pop culture stuff in there but some historical nugget that you go oh man i didn't know that yeah, well, this one, the one this week, uh, is about the people forget because they don't ever play anymore. But the Auburn Florida rivalry has been so insane over the years. 
And um, so I'm actually working on that one this morning. Uh, Did right you know Tebow never beat Auburn? He told me that last week. I know. Well, and it's funny that you say that because right before we started recording this podcast, I was writing this week's essay, and I got a little Tebow jab in there. So don't tell him. <laughs> what a failure. Good. Hopefully <laughs> I can – I, maybe maybe I can pro I can take that jab and just turn it into my own right there live on the set. Do it. I'm all for that. Uh, thanks for hanging, bro. I appreciate yeah, it. I'll see you in just a couple hours. And Travis, you're the man. Hey, look, y'all need to understand one other thing too. That Jimmy V Foundation experience for Emily and Colton doesn't happen if Travis isn't involved. Travis went to Charlotte, flew down there from Hartford, and and really managed that day on behalf of the Jimmy V Foundation and the ESPYs group and made Colton and Emily not only feel comfortable, but really accentuated their experience by facilitating so much. And that's awesome of you to do that. I'm, I know that they had to twist your arm to get the hell out of Connecticut. And, that was uh, tough. I, I, I tried I, to fight it. Well, I know you I, did. Yeah, I appreciate you sucking it up and having a couple of drinks with him because I know that doesn't so, come down to To my defense, to my defense, we're walking in the fan zone. He's like, hey, you want a drink? I'm like, no, I'm good. He goes, let me buy you a drink. I'm like, no, I'm good. He goes, I'm getting you a drink. What do you want? I'm like, all right, vodka soda. That's like saying to Travis, hey, man, uh, we're going to go out here. And would would you like to have some oxygen to breathe today? <laughs> I mean, it's uh. I was trying to be responsible, to but yeah, Colton's a bad you were, influence. Hey, your job was to get him there, and you got him there, and then once you got into the deal, and plus you weren't driving anywhere. Nope, Uber. Yeah, I was. I'm actually texting right now. He's going to be up in Connecticut in two weeks. Oh well, and so I'm, I'm bringing and him we to ESPN. Never heard from them again. Take him to the Cadillac Ranch, dude. Yes. Oh, I'll take. I'll tour than Cadillac Ranch. Perfect. I mean, the Cadillac Ranch. Yes, that's what you should do. That should be your itinerary. You're taking Colton to a tour of ESPN. You're going to show him around, introduce him to SVP, introduce him to Matty Ice. And then when y'all get done with that, you take him right over to the Cadillac Ranch and you have a couple pops there. You play the jukebox, maybe a little line dancing, and then you go to West Hartford. And I'll be in Columbus this weekend, which is where they live. So there's a chance that we hang out this weekend and next Man. weekend. Man. <laughs> wow. I, well, basically, basically, they donated a lot of money to just become your best friends. You're going to see bus, dude? Yeah, I'm going to the high state Michigan State game. That's oh, awesome. No. I'll, be, I'll be on the that's field a, there. Uh, per my notes from College Football Live on Tuesday, that's a 7.30 kickoff on ABC. Hey, don't tell them. By the way, or is that, it? Uh, yeah, it's ABC and the ESPN app, yeah. right? Yeah, don't tell them you know me because, uh, you had a Crown Royal bottle thrown. I've, you. You've noticed I've been trying. I know I did. I've know, been and, and I appreciate you. you're like, hey, he wrote a, he wrote a story. He doesn't hate us. I mean, and, they even uh, put graphics up on the SEC Network about Ohio State last week during your show. That's right. I'm trying, and I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure the first response to that was, yeah, whatever. But <laughs> but I appreciate you trying to bridge the trying to trying to make amends. Uh. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> Thank you, boys. I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much to everybody involved in making this happen. Our partners like ZipRecruiter, if if they weren't involved in this, man, it wouldn't be free. So y'all make sure you check out ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty, and they can make your hiring a lot easier. Thank you so much to Louise and to Dan Lebetard and, and Mike Ryan and Stu and everybody involved in the Lebetard and Friends podcast network. Make sure you guys check out Sarah Spain's podcast that's what she said she has great guests all the time 
Uh, check out Mina Kimes if you haven't already subscribed. I'm pretty sure Mina's podcast is like the number one podcast on the planet Earth, so she may not need that endorsement, but it's funny. Uh, so check that out. Thank you so much to our law enforcement officials all over the country, keeping our community safe and sacrificing and putting themselves in, in danger to make sure that we're safe. We appreciate that. Our first responders and firemen and everybody who are, who are serving our communities in that way. And as I say every week, thank you so much to our members of the military currently serving, keeping our country free and our veterans who have sacrificed for this nation and give us that opportunity to go be what we want to be every day. Walk out the front door and aspire. What an amazing blessing. And it's because of those folks who are defending our freedom every single day. That's the Marty Smith's America podcast, volume 73. We'll try to do better next time. Have a great week, guys. The Marty Smith's America podcast is now available. We're talking fast cars, cold drinks, and exit strategies. 